welcome into lucky number 13 for the No Show Sportscast. I am Trevor Coos, and I'm joined again, as always, by my friend, Mark Ling. And before we even get into things, Mark, um, I'm not sure how I let you get by on this last week, but I want to put a board bet uh, up there. And it's... uh, the two pitchers for the Detroit Tigers rotation that you would rather have versus the two Twins pitchers that you said you would take the Tigers pitchers over? What are you talking about? Jeremy Bonderman and Dontrell Willis versus Nick Blackburn and Carl Pavano. Five stats combined. Uh, innings pitched instead of saves. You you said last week at when we were talking about You're the Tigers. You're springing this on me right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, I, I know. Like I didn't tell you all week. And, uh, I don't like it. Um pretty awesome in my opinion um uh you're gonna have to give me a couple seconds to okay you can think about it we can move on to the actual show i just wanted to uh to throw that out there i feel like i will be okay with that because nick blackburn and carl pavano are terrible whereas jeremy bonderman at least i like right i need, right. I need to check out don Trell willis real quick he so. was pretty bad you are incorrect four strikeouts two walks six innings pitched three era and his only start this year you want to mumble a little bit more? People like it when I mumble. <laughs> I've actually gotten... No, I haven't gotten any emails. That's the lie. No one likes it when you mumble. Let's do that shit. All right. Uh, so we're going to start off... Before we get into our actual I'm topic... talking about the deal. I'm talking about oh, the this. deal. Yeah, no. I knew you were going to fall into it. Don't worry about it. I'll take Fall into it. I I'll jumped in. I, you, my friend. <laughs> so sorely mistaken. Uh, okay. So... Uh, I wanted to talk about... You our... ask me how I was doing. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I guess. I guess we can go there. I always... I skipped over because I was so excited about uh, about this this bet that I had concocted over the last week. Concocted. My evil plan. Yes, take you are. Over the world you are this. quite evil. All right, well, anyway, we are in No Show Studios here. No Show Studios proper, actually. The last couple of weeks we recorded in the B Studio. Um. So we're back. It's in good the to day. be back in the original. We're in the show. And uh, anyway, Mark, how are you doing this evening? I hate stupid people. I hate stupid people too. But uh, since we totally didn't, you know, work this out ahead of time, I'm curious as to why you hate stupid people. Um. You and I spent the day at AT&T Park, home right. of the San Francisco Giants. Yes. Watching the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Hayward, and then uh, like to be 17 Tim, other guys. Tim Linscombe happened to be on the mound. Tim Linscombe, 10 and... strikeouts in seven innings. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we saw we saw Jason Hayward, and then we saw the the, the Giants plot of opening act. <laughs> um, but anyways, we were the people at the stadium. It's not. It wasn't just the people at the stadium. It was, it was people the on the radio. Radio on the right home professionals that are who, not i refuse to call them professionals they get paid for doing what we're doing for fun right now yeah and th- th- people always accuse me of having a uh a overactive ego let's say Fair way <laughs> okay um we are much better than this guy I don't even know his name. I can't remember his name either. And you even agree with me. You don't have an overactive ego in most cases. I, I, I have actually a subdued ego. I'm quite pessimistic <laughs> I have, about myself most of the time. So I'm you, better than this guy. Okay, so you and I on average have a 
normal we even, ego. We even out together. Okay. Our ego is about even. We, this guy was ridiculous. There have been, how many, the Giants have played six games? They're four, they're five and one, right? Six games. The entire ride home, it was the post-game show of the Giants game. He was talking about how the players on the Giants have been doing all year, quote-unquote. Edgar Renteria has been on fire all year. And we finally saw the old Pablo. The old Pablo Sandoval's back. <laughs> he was hitting. Where did he go? He was where, hitting, where did he go? Yeah, the old Pablo, because he hit a triple and a home run today. So the old Pablo's back, and it, it, people at the stadium, it's just the people at the stadium were bothering me not so much because they're doing anything out of the ordinary, but just because of they do the things they always do. Like, uh, there's, they always boo when the pitcher tries to do a pickoff move. Right. Or, uh, or anything like that. Well, that one, at one point, when, uh, after a four hour rain delay in like the third or fourth inning, all of a sudden we had sun for about 30 seconds. And in those 30 seconds, Matt Diaz needed some sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd <laughs> let him hear it. Yeah. It was, it was I mean, usually it's kind of like a you know a small group of people booing. The vast majority of that's the the remaining ten thousand or so people at AT and T Park were booing Matt Diaz at that moment. Yeah, it turns out uh, the sunglasses didn't really help him that much because he blundered a easy pop up in the outfield. Exactly. Anywho, so that I had to get that off my chest. That radio guy, I don't know his name, and even if I did know his name, we probably wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it because I I don't want anyone. I mean, we can hate whoever we want. We don't need to specifically throw them under the bus. Post-game guy. Not the post-game guy. It was guy. like the post It was like, yeah, it was the after the post-game. It, it was like the night was, show Yeah, they had, they had on Fleming, KMBR. Kruko, Kuiper, and JT Snell. I like all those guys. JT Snell's one of my favorite baseball players I of all time. I hope he actually sticks around. I didn't... I don't know if it was just for the 10th anniversary because he was in the stadium anyway. JT Snow is just one of my favorite players just from that one play when he saved Dusty Baker's kid's life in the World Series. Cool guy. Saving kids' lives. Uh, You know, playing defense. Kissing babies. Not much else. He was on the Red Sox for a year. He was? Yep. Post-Giants? Yes. Okay. Angels, Giants, Red Sox retirement. Nice. I did not know that. You're welcome. There you go. And so what were we actually going to talk about? Um, I'm not sure. I think that might do it for us here. No, no, just kidding. Hilarious. Um, well, first of all, I, I wanted to talk about the overreaction, kind of the just ridiculous nature. But more specifically, uh, on the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Hayward. Yes, he is all he's been cracked up to be. Three home runs in the first week. Three home runs in six games. I think they've played for the yeah, man. The and man. a golden sombrero. And a, well, yeah, he likes. He wanted to get all the career achievements out of the way at the beginning. Yeah. He got a home run in his first swing. Then uh, against who was pitching that day? Is that where he got the golden sombrero? Like Jonathan Sanchez, I think it was. Yeah. Jonathan Sanchez, and then a few. That would have been Sanchez, yeah. Yeah. Got the golden sombrero. Then home run in back-to-back games against the San Francisco Giants in the, according to the radio people at, uh, at San Francisco, the hurricane force winds, the 20-mile-an-hour hurricane force the, winds. The, both home runs were opposite field, though. One yep. off of Wellenmeyer, which is actually pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, flame, fireballer Todd Wellenmeyer. Well, no, just the home run. The home run looked more impressive. It got out of the park in, like, I haven't seen. Two I'm not used to judging feats on a baseball field actually at the park. I'm right. Really, I, I don't. So I haven't seen the television angles of today's home run, but the first two, the one where Hayward hit on his first at bat, and the one against Willa Meyer, he kind of like dug out. They were low pitches, and he just he just drove them. Yeah, to opposite field. You know, 
and it just kind of shows the strength that he has as and why everyone's so excited oh, uh, about this young kid. He's all man. Yeah, for those of you that <laughs> don't know, Mark's got a huge, huge man crush on Jason Hayward. Uh, you know, his home runs weren't quite as impressive as Brian McCann's or Pablo Sandoval's because they did hit them directly into those hurricane winds. I was much more impressed with Jason Hayward's because it was because two outs. Right, as soon as he hit it, you had that stupid smile on your face. <laughs> the day was finally worth it. It, it was, was we was had the four-hour rain delay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm briefly I'm gonna set this up. Two days ago, you and I decided that we were probably gonna go to this game because it was Lincecum pitching and it was Jason Hayward. It was it was after uh, the game for our school UC Davis right. got moved to Saturday. Right, and we realized that we had a Sunday wide open. Yes. Technically not. We both had obligations had that we had to move around. <laughs> plenty of homework that we yeah. could have been doing. We definitely but... had stuff to do, but we, we made the exception because it was Trevor's boy, Tim Winscombe. Trevor's like an always number one man crush, the guy he would marry if he uh, had the chance. You need to stop saying that. And my newfound my newfound passion who the the my probably my favorite player who's not on the Red Sox now that William Opeña is out of baseball basically. Jason Hayward. Um, it was those two guys. The only time Atlanta would be in town the all year. Right. So it was spur of the moment kind of thing. We bought the tickets online. We realized that it was going to be eighty percent chance of rain, downpour in San Francisco. So we got there four and nine, four hour and nine minute rain delay. We were sitting yes. there watching. We watched the Masters on the jumbotron. That was kind of cool. That uh, town hall meeting where yeah. all the giants... Lots of giants coaches. lots of giants propaganda was up on the screen. <laughs> so the game was supposed to start at 1.05. It didn't end until almost 8. Yeah. So we got there like at noon. So we were there for like 8 hours, which is fine. I could spend 8 hours at a baseball park we almost every day. spent 8 hours at the baseball park yesterday. Yeah, that was a doubleheader. Yeah. College, college baseball doubleheader, we which is fine. fine. stuff to do instead of just sitting around. I didn't really stuff. have stuff to do. You did. That's um, true. Very true. I was just there chilling. Anywho, so it was it was and then in the bot in the top of the ninth, the last inning because the Giants were ahead with two outs, Jason Hayward, you and I beforehand were like, Alright, cool, he's gonna get the last out. We'll be able to see him one more time. He he hit the home run. I was much more satisfied with there to see Hayward and I, he had struck out, popped out, and grounded out in his, his only three at bats. Well originally when uh Moda and Wilson were warming up after the uh Giants put that sixth run across Right. I was expecting Affel to get pinch hit for Moda to come into the game, and then I wouldn't have cared because I don't have right. any connection to Guillermo Moda. Yeah, you have Jeremy Affel on your team. The only problem was my fantasy team took a little bit of a hit, but overall... But you got the save. I, I got the save, and uh, along with Tim Lincecum, I got all nine innings for the Giants pitching and uh, yeah. a three ERA overall. Yeah, so that was a good day. It was it was a good day. But, yeah, but my day was to get, complete. To get Back a little bit on point. Um, Irrelevant. <laughs> was like, how often are we actually on point? Very, even, very I seldom. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, but yeah, as we were talking about Hayward, you know, his first swing as a professional in the majors, four uh, hundred something foot home run. Then he has that golden sombrero the next day. Golden sombrero for those of you who don't know is four strikeouts. Four strikeouts. Uh, he actually ended up. Going over five. Yeah, he had a ground out he after ground the four strikeouts. Well. Um, and, and then he comes back and has two. You know that that home run, his first home run was impressive. You know he killed it, but I think that the opposite field home runs are more impressive overall because it shows that he's 
a fairly complete hitter. But what I'm trying to get at is the amount of scrutiny that this 20-year-old is facing and basically the stupid people that, first of all, uh, I mean, some, most most of the people that I heard were joking about it, but uh, there was a lot of Hall of Fame talk after Hayward's first swing. Yeah, that was almost that was that was universally joked about. Yeah, no one was serious about that. And then after the four strikeouts, people were legitimately like worried that he was all of a sudden going to fall apart. Yeah, so this, I w- is, this is just kind of you know bringing it full circle back to the stupid people that overreact after six games. Yeah. Hayward has had a fairly impressive game. And uh, before we get into our actual topic for part one, uh, I have a stat here. And um, someone actually did all the work for me, so I just have to read it. And it, 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 uh, it, was, on, it was on Yahoo. We'll on, figure out a way to mess this up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and there was, uh, if you look at first baseman, third baseman, and corner outfielders, Corners. So, like, the the positions that are more suited for hitters. Uh-huh. Um, there, were, there have been 27 players who had at least 502 plate appearances during their uh, 20-year-old season in the majors. Okay. And anyone who turned 21 before June 30th was disqualified. Okay. And so Hayward in all is, of history... Hayward is turning 21 in August, I believe, right? Yes. Uh... So he will, you know, if he everything goes, I mean, he will qualify right. if he gets a 500 plate appearance. Right. So 27 candidates, there have been, you know, a lot of good ones. Uh, it turns out out of those 27, and this isn't going to help you, you know, <laughs> curbing your oh, it'll help me. man love for Jason Hayward, <laughs> but 11 of those 27 players are currently in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a good ratio. 40.7%. And actually, uh, stat guru Bill James uh, has said multiple times that any position player who has a major league, uh, as a major league regular uh, at age 20, has a 50% chance of getting in the Hall of Fame. So let me, before we move on to the next thing, let me, let me tell you what I really was impressed with about Jason Hayward. I was geeking out about this guy before the season even started. <laughs> so I was all about him before he even hit that first home run. Pretty much ever since you traded for him. I traded for him in our fantasy baseball league. Then I, yeah, then I started yeah. reading everything like, there was to read about wait, him. Wait, wait. He's like, that good? He's super good. <laughs> and so I purposefully, I was supposed to be doing something uh, on opening day. But his his game was televised on ESPN. Thank you, ESPN. I I watched the Braves game. I watched the first inning in which Carlos Zambrano gave up six earned runs, and one of which was. I would like to point out Carlos Zambrano sucks. He does so. suck. But and I saw Hayward hit that home run off of him. I would I've told someone I don't know if I told you this, but that was the most excited I've been for a home run that was not hit by a Red Sox player, almost <laughs> ever. So that there was that his first swing home run. What really impressed me was after getting the golden sombrero, the very next day he came back and hit a home run. Not only that, but he got a couple of hits as well. Yeah, he had he I was mean, three for not, three. He's not, a all, he's not a one of those three true outcomes players like right. uh, Jack Cust, where he's either gonna walk, walk strike out, or hit a home strike run. out or hit a home run. Yeah, he's no, a, Jason Hayward was he player. was three for three with a home run yet on Saturday. Right, and then today on Sunday the game he the first. His first at bat, he strikes out on like three or four pitches against Lincecum. Right. His next at bat, he goes down 0-2, battles back to 
to fill the count, 3-2. Then he has that little pop-out or whatever. It that wasn't that impressive. Pablo pretty much manhandled yeah. Jason Hayward. Yeah, it was a little pop-out that was curling towards the Giants' dugout, and Pablo Sandoval, nimble as he is, ran over and caught it. They don't call him Panda for nothing. They don't call him Kung Fu Panda for nothing. Yeah. Then the next one, he sort of grounded out to the shortstop or whatever, and then he hit that home run. So off of Tim Lincecum, he sort of progressed. He I don't know if his third at-bat was against Tim Lincecum. It probably was. Yeah. He struck out badly. He didn't look very good in his first at-bat. second, fourth, and sixth innings. The second at-bat, he he improved. He got one down 0-2, then he battled back to fill the count, and he eventually hit the home run. It's just the progression that he's making, basically. Even though he's had failures, he comes back and he has success shortly thereafter. That's what really impresses me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, for all intents and purposes, he's going to be a very, very good baseball player. Now, it is awfully early. And lots of things have happened to young players after impressing uh, greatly. Uh, you know, need I remind you of now Boston Red Sox, Jeremy Hermida. He didn't really impress. He was just a top prospect. He was a top prospect. He had some very good years and kind of fell apart in Florida. Uh, former Atlanta Brave, now New York Met, Jeff Francoeur was also... Uh, Again, he didn't really have that much Major League success. success. He, he had some success, and then kind of his swing fell apart, and uh, last year ended up on the Mets being traded for Ryan Church. We've wasted plenty of time on that, and if we have any hopes of coming anywhere close to our goal time, we're going to have to move on to we'll our... just cut down on the fantasy section, because we always talk a lot about that. I don't want to cut down on the fantasy section, though. Let's go. So, uh, there was another opening day this past week, besides the Major League one. Does it really matter? Yes, Minor League Baseball kickoff. Oh. Uh, what did you think I was talking about? The Masters? I don't know. Oh, God, no. We've <laughs> gone over this. Phil Mickelson wins the Masters. Woo! That's end well, he of... did win, right? He I wasn't won. actually paying attention he to the He won by okay. three. That's why they were showing his family. He won his third Masters by three strokes. Congratulations, Phil. He's also left-handed. That is true. I care a little bit more, but we've still ag- barely. We've talked way too much about golf. Yeah. That's plenty. Yeah. So, minor league baseball kicked off, and for those of you that are baseball junkies like us, uh, there's lots of interesting tidbits with top prospects strewn about throughout the different levels. Lots of them have already impressed greatly, uh, including today, Steven Strasburg and Aroldis Chapman both had their first starts of the season. Where do you go for minor league stats that happened today? Today I would go to MILB.com. They have that? Yeah. I never go there. I don't usually either. I usually use uh, Baseball America. Cool. Let's 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 see. Anyway, so uh, Strasburg and Chapman Good both call. made MILB. their com. Yeah, I know, huh? Good work. Go crazy. Earning um, your keep around here. Now, while Mark looks up those stats, <laughs> uh, a couple <coughs> of stats from earlier on in the week. There was a bit of a pitching duel in High A against top Royals pitching prospect uh, and one of the Braves' top pitching prospects, Mike Montgomery and Randall Delgado. Both went five innings. They gave up a total of five hits, struck out six and five, respectively. There was only one walk between the two of them and only one earned run. So uh, definitely 
out. I mean, five innings, you know, you, you might question like, oh, why uh, did they not go further? I mean, these guys are, you know, maybe 20. And for pitchers uh, just out of high school or signed internationally uh, a couple of years ago, you know, you don't go uh, nearly as far early on in the minor league uh, season. But uh, to top that off, both pitchers had a better than two to one ratio on ground outs to flyouts. So early on, a couple of pitching prospects uh, impressing greatly. But I'd say so far on the week, one of the best pitching performances has come from probably the least likeliest of places, and that would be one of the Toronto Blue Jays pitching prospects in Triple A Las Vegas, Brad Mills who was, I believe, ranked 7th overall in the Blue Jays' system uh, before, I think, they got their big bounty for uh, Halliday. And he went six innings in his first start, only gave up two hits, struck out nine, didn't walk anyone, didn't How allow... How many innings? Six innings, struck okay. out nine. Uh, didn't walk anyone, didn't allow any runs of any sort. Um, so, you know... With with the rotation the way it is in Toronto, Mills is definitely making a push uh, for maybe some consideration later aren't on the, in the year. Aren't the Blue Jays like five and one? Yeah, but their rotation is pretty bad. I'm not. Yeah, they're certainly not gonna. They're gonna finish last. They might beat the Orioles, but I like the Orioles way more than the Blue Jays. Yeah, I'd take the Orioles over the Blue Jays too. So, uh, yeah, Steven Strasburg, five innings, eight strikeouts, two walks, one earned run. He allowed four runs, but the his team had two errors. So one, yeah, so that was good. Chapman, four and two thirds, nine strikeouts, one walk, one run, five hits. So yeah, I mean, both did really good. Impressive showings from both of them. Uh, they were both actually both covered heavily by ESPN. Uh, a couple of their top uh, people were out there. Tim Kirkjian was on hand to watch the Chapman start and Keith Law, top uh, prospect guru for ESPN. For ESPN uh, actual, not overall, because I suppose Baseball America is owned by ESPN. Right. Um, another guy who's a favorite of mine uh, because I liked uh, his namesakes, uh, the, the, the musician, uh, so much. Buddy Carlos Holly. Santana. Buddy Holly uh, also. Little Carlos known prospect, Santana. Buddy Holly. He wears glasses just like the original too. What did Santana do? He has gone in the first three games. He has three home runs. And uh, his big game so far, he went four for five, two home runs, a double, four RBIs, and two runs all in one game. That's good for um, a fantasy perspective. Yes. Did his team win? Doesn't matter. It matters. <laughs> it's minor league baseball. It doesn't matter. It's baseball. It matters. Uh, Put it on the board. Does winning matter? Huh? I say yes. You say no. On the board? Does winning matter? Winning in the minor leagues does not matter. Yes, it does. No. They get championship rings. Thomas Neal showed them on the screen today. You yeah, get championship rings. Thomas Neal's a depressing person. Wow. That's <laughs> uh, we're never gonna get him on this podcast. Yeah. There goes that. Burning Thanks. that bridge right Thanks, now. Trevor. Um, now a couple other guys who have uh, also gone yard so far this year. That's hit a home run for those of you <laughs> layman's down. Anyone who's listening to this that doesn't know what going yard means, there are probably a couple. 
Really? I, I, I'm cool. We only have a couple people that listen. That, just, that means that we have a couple people that listen. It's women in either your or my family, probably. <laughs> All right, so to name off a few, Justin Smoke has already hit a home run early on, the Texas first baseman. Travis Denard, uh, catching prospect for the Blue Jays. Matt Sweeney, who uh, people forget about, was also involved in the Scott Casimir trade, uh, is now on the ta- in the Tampa Bay system. Pedro Alvarez, who is near the top of our fantasy prospect list. He is indeed. Tr- uh, Tyler Flowers, who is near the back of our top prospect He's list. He's in the top 50. Uh, and Cody Johnson, who's nowhere near our prospect list because he strikes out way too much. I like people who strike out a lot. They're undervalued like in fantasy. Jason Hayward. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I ex- full circle. All full right, you circle. want to start talking about Jason Hayward again? Fine. No. I think Hayward will strike out a lot this year, but I think as he progresses, he will strike out less. Another less. guy, segueing it forward. Another guy who strikes out a lot and also hits a lot of home runs. Mike Stanton. Just because you started talking about something else doesn't mean you segued. Yep. I did, because it actually segued. You can't just say segue and have it be a segue. Because he, <laughs> he strikes out just like Segway, something that is interesting. <sighs> I just ruined my segue. <laughs> All right, we're going to finish off this part one uh, with uh, a top three. And this week it's the top three prospects. That It's not necessarily big name prospects, but just prospects that you personally think are going to take a huge or at least big step forward in development this year. Did I know about this beforehand? I've told you multiple times this week. All right. I, You start. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, the guy I just m- recently mentioned, Mike Stanton. Wait. Guys who will take a big step forward? Yes. So guys, they can be top prospects? Yeah. If you so think that I thought I thought it was like sleeper prospects. No, no, like, no, 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 not like, sleepers. Okay. So like Mike Stanton, who a lot of people question his contact ability. I think he's because he has none. <laughs> I think uh, playing in Double A this year, he's back in Double A Jacksonville. I think he's uh, he's shown already. He actually, uh, you know, talk about reacting, uh, overreacting early. He has a six to one walk to strikeout ratio. Six to one, so he had six walks and one strikeout. Six walks and one strikeout. So he's been great all year, Trevor. He's been great all year. The entire year, this guy's been off the charts. Um, so that I I think he is gonna continue that, and uh, you know, are we doing uh people we don't think will take a step forward, or people we think will take a step back? We could. Let's do that. I haven't. I I didn't plan on that, but we're good. So we'll be on the same. We'll be on even (laughs) even ground. (laughs) So like normal, because Mark never plans for this (laughs) podcast. Why Why should I, Trevor? You do enough planning for the both of us. That's true. It's like That's I have true. enough ego for the both of us. We both bring things <laughs> to the table. Uh, okay, so Mike Stanton, I think he'll take a big step forward. Okay. He's already uh, in that upper echelon, but I think he'll uh, cement his position up there. And I would prefer to not see him in Florida at all this year, but I think that if he does have a really great year, we'll see We'll see him by, uh, you know, July or August. Okie dokie. So, go. Uh, the guy, the number one guy I'm going to choose is a little fellow by the name of Starling Castro. Of course you would. Why would I? It's not Starling Marte of the Pirates. Why, why do you say, of course I would? Because that's, I mean, before Hayward came around and you were like, ooh, Jason Hayward. 
Starlin Castro was coming pretty close to being one of your man crushes. Let's put all our chips on the table here. Mike Stanton's on your fantasy team. Yeah. Starlin Castro's on my fantasy team. Yes. This is how we do things. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to trade for players we like. So, I mean, we we try to talk about as many people as possible. But if we're picking the top three guys, we step we think step forward. Obviously, uh, we would not be doing our due dil- diligence if at least a chunk of those guys are already on our team. I'm gonna throw you a, a throw a wrench in this operation. Uh-oh. I feel like Let, choose someone not on our dynasty, not on your team. Okay. You have to completely read. Wait, go ahead and say who you had real quick. Don't talk about them in depth, just names. Who else did you have on your list? What? Who else did you have on your list? No, I had guys that weren't on my list. You Mike Stanton guys. was the only guy that was on my team. Okay, so you're just acting like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I would name a guy who's on my team who I do like is Casey Kelly for the Red Sox, the pitcher. Um, but So he's not one of them. Um, there's probably others that I'm not thinking of. Kyle Gibson, I really like, of the Twins. But he's on my team. So you go ahead uh, with your next guy. I will be ready with my next guy. My next guy, um, we have him at number three, I believe, on our prospect list. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Montero. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Georgie Posada is pretty darn old. Hip, hip. Jorge. Jorge. Um, I think by late summer, we will see Montero in the Bronx especially once Nick Johnson finally breaks his femur again. If they don't mess it up or trade him away for somebody. Um, Yeah, I think we'll see Montero in the Bronx, in the majors, playing mostly at DH probably, but definitely, uh, you know, maybe three games a week at catcher as well. Alrighty. Because, I mean, the Yankees have pretty much proven that they trust him as a catcher, unfortunately, or not, for those of you that... Uh, have him on your fantasy team or will have him on your fantasy team, he should produce uh, pretty quickly, uh, should produce startable numbers uh, as far as a catcher goes. I think, you know, he he doesn't have that much more to prove in the minors, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he, he's had a ridiculous numbers the last couple of years. He started out awful. He was signed uh, as a 16-year-old international signee in his uh, first year in rookie ball or short season or wherever he was, it was awful. And then the next year started out awful and like a, a switch turned on. And ever since then, Jesus Montero has just been hitting the lights off the ball. And Hitting I mean, the lights off the ball. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Very little sense. It, yeah, that it, might have to be the title of the podcast. <laughs> Hits the lights off the ball. Yeah, the off the ball. <laughs> well, he's been doing it all year. He has been doing it all year. That's another <laughs> contender for the title of the podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, Jesus Montero, I've kind of copped out a little bit on my, on the, the first two guys. They're already pretty upper echelon guys. And we've spent oodles amount of time talking about them. <laughs> it's a good word. Good word. Oodles. Um, so yeah, we, we can, uh, we can move forward now to your next I'm going to dig a little deeper. Dig on then. Uh, Giovanni Meyer, shortstop for the Houston Astros. You have liked him for a while. I have liked him for a while, and he's not on my team. He was, but I traded him yeah, away. You traded him away for Grady Sizemore, not him alone. Him and many other people. But yes, anyway, anywho, I like him a lot. I think he he can play defense, which means he's going to stick at shortstop. I think he has a good bat that will develop. I think the Astros did a good job of getting him, even though some people were sort of down on the pick. Uh, 
notoriously the Astros are terrible at drafting players, like recently. They so pretty much when everyone saw that they drafted this guy that no one knew about. Yeah, exactly. People just assume the thinking? worst. This is like when the when the Raiders make an acquisition, I automatically assume the worst. Right. Like when they got who was it? The guy they just got the other recently, the defensive lineman. Is it Broderick Bunkley or is it? Uh... Anyways, it, it was a good addition that they made to the defensive line, and I thought it was terrible immediately. And then I looked deeper into it and realized it was not a terrible one. So yeah, that's how the Astros. That's where they're at. But I like G- I like him, Meyer, Giovanni Meyer. So I'm gonna keep talking because Trevor's thinking, and uh, so I'm gonna actually go on to my third one, who's not um. He's not really obscure. He's he was one a high draft pick. He was the guy that was picked after Steven Strasburg this last year, Dustin Ackley. I think he's gonna. He, he probably should have been on my list, but he's on my team. Yeah. So. He he, uh, he he hasn't has he had a an at bat yet in the in well, spring training. Right, but has he he's has he played this year yet? He probably has. I imagine that he would have. But yeah, he he's a guy who they say can contend for batting titles in the future. They compare him to David Wright. But he'll play. He'll now play. Now that he's playing second base. Yeah, he'll play in the outfield. Maybe, maybe first base. Maybe second base. He'll. He's sort of like a, a journeyman sort of type of player. So now I'm done stalling for you. Well, let's talk just for a second on Dustin Ackley. It's not that he's. Uh, here we go. Trevor's man crush. Okay. He was a center fielder for University of North Carolina and uh-huh. had Tommy John surgery. That is an elbow ligament surgery. Yeah. So instead of missing the entire year, they played him at first base. Okay. And then he kind of uh, stuck there as he was still recovering from that. So he played at first base, but he's he has easily has I'd say uh, the defensive prowess to play center field. Okay. And considering the organizational depth of the Mariners, they're currently trying him at second base. I'm gonna be honest with you. He's been terrible he all has year. Been terrible. Fucking it up all year. He, uh, he's been hitting 111 all year. This is ridiculous. That's not even... Maybe that. Maybe I don't have the updated point numbers. One, how many at-bats do you have? 13. 18! Uh, must have been today's game. MILB.com, my friend. Yeah, I really don't <laughs> like their interface. I, I usually don't use them. Interface is a nerdy word. Yep. Anywho, he's hitting 111. He has... a. He's getting on base 20% of the time. That's a 200 on base percentage for you guys out there. So, uh, his average is equal to a slugging percentage. He uh, he's falling apart at the seams, my friend. Did you know? Do you know what number he is? No. Fifty-five. Really? No joke. It's it's a match made in heaven. This is like Jason Hayward at number twenty-two with me. It's ridiculous. I had no idea that you had a connection to the number twenty-two. Eighty-six twenty-two. I was born on January twenty-second. What do you think this is? Obviously. Come not. up with a name. Stop looking through the book. Just come up. You have one in your head. Five. Four, three. I'll go with two, Jeff one. Decker. Jeff Decker. Jeff Decker. Okay. His name's Jeff. For those of you that pronounce it Jeff, you're wrong. How would you spell it? How would I spell Jeff? Yeah. yeah. I would not spell it the way he spells it. If you had to describe to someone how to spell it without actually using the individual letters, how well, how would you pronounce it? Incorrectly. How would you pronounce it? <laughs> I don't wanna. Jaff. <laughs> he spells it Jaff. Honestly, it's stupid. J a f f. But he has produced at every level so far, uh, through two full years. He doesn't have the traditional body of a major league player. He kind of reminds people of Matt Stairs in a bad way. Body as in physique. 
He's a little chubby. Not a body of work. No, no, he's got an amazing body of work. Um, so yeah, that's who. I, that's the last guy I would pick. All right, there it is, Jaff Tucker. Uh, <laughs> I'm calling him Jaff. <laughs> this is like there's res there's uh, lecture halls on our campus that have ridiculous names. I call them what I call them. Geet. Geet. Right. Damn it, Jaff. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back with the fantasy section. How is our music going to be this week, Trevor? Our music is going to be brought to us from Music Alley by Mevio. Uh, I, I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I haven't picked it out. We were at the ballpark all day. We're recording this after just getting home. We were going to do so much I was preparation for this. And there was a rain delay. Yeah, it's just it, it, they've yeah. been having trouble all year down there at AT and T Park. Getting all these games year on time. This, is, this is a year long problem they've had. You, you know who has been really great all year though? Who's been good all year? Music Alley by Mevio. <laughs> they have been all year. They've all been year. such a solid presence. All year. We'll be back with the fantasy section after this. Welcome back. This is part two. I told you the music was going to be great again. Always is. It always is. All year, year. the music has been spectacular. All year. We're in part two. That means fantasy sports. Um, Real quick, there was a trade in football. Real football. Real real fast. We took way too long last week on this. Real quick. Real quick. Santonio Holmes is a New York Jet. It's four draft picks. We don't know how this is going to shake out. I'd say the real the the quick thing to take away from this is Mark Sanchez looks really good next year because he actually has someone not only a wide a wide receiver that's fast because he had that in Braylon Edwards now he has a wide receiver that can catch. Yeah, he can catch, and this gives uh, the the Jets a, the pair of the biggest knucklehead at wide receiver maybe in the league. Yeah, I mean I, I, I stole that from Roto World by the way. They said knucklehead. We can all agree, Santonio Holmes was traded because he wore out his welcome in Pittsburgh. He threw some sort of cocktail at a woman at a, a club or something. I, it was his latest altercation. He, he's Basically this weekend he learned that he was probably going to get a four-game suspension and then learned that he'd be playing his games in New York, not Pittsburgh. There you go. Um, so, so real quick, boost to Mike Wallace. Pittsburgh, right. Pittsburgh wide receiver. I didn't think about that. Mike Wallace will be probably, a very good talent. Unless they draft someone high, unless they sign someone, there's still offseason moves to be had. But right. Mike, right now. Mike Wallace gets a boost. Jericho Cotri gets a downgrade. He already, he already had he was the number two. been pushed out of the system for the most part yeah. and with all the other tools that the Jets have. And I think this downgrades Braylon Edwards because they no longer are forced to throw to him. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with all of that. So go. Uh, baseball. Baseball. First of all, some quick thoughts on some guys. First, two second basemen that were probably not drafted in the vast majority of leagues. I drafted him. I actually drafted both these guys in one league. Why are you lying? In one Bam. league, you drafted in both normal of them. leagues. No, actually, they were in our league specific because one of them was in the AL, one's in the NL. Ah. First one, National League, 
Arizona Diamondbacks, Kelly Johnson. Uh, I just wanted to talk about him. He had some very good years in Atlanta. Uh, it's a stretch. I'd say very good for a second baseman. He had some very good years. I don't think he uh, – he wasn't bad. But I, mean, he I think very – You runs, didn't say very good for a second baseman. You just said very good years. Have you? Did you know that he's been great all year this year? He's been great all he's year. Been, he's hit 368 on the year. He has – He's hitting uh, his slugging percentage. Slugging percentage on the year, 947 slugging percentage. That's ridiculous. He's been great all year. Um, so I mean, I'm not going to get tired of this, by the way. <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> the most important thing to take away from the Kelly Johnson situation is that the Diamondbacks do not April leadoff hitter. They actually had Connor Jackson in the leadoff spot one start. That's like having... Ben, you might as well lead off Benji Molina. Or Aaron Rowand. Or Aaron Rowand, That's what yes. I was thinking of. I was like, who's the terrible leadoff hitter? <laughs> oh, yeah, we saw him today, Aaron Rowand. So terrible. Kelly Johnson could find him find his way to the top of the Diamondbacks lineup and with guys like Adam LaRoche, who will come around eventually, as he always does, and Justin Upton, and not to mention Mark Reynolds. Uh, Mr. Awesome. Mr. Awesome is what Mike, Mark likes to call him. Uh he, Kelly Johnson could turn into a decent value. Uh, you know, just something to look at. He's not going to be a huge home run or steal threat, but he could get, you know, maybe fifth. He go fifteen, fifteen, possibly. Did you know that the Diamondbacks destroyed the Pirates today? It was awful. Thirteen of the runs came in one inning. Fourth inning, yeah. thirteen runs. An inning the Pirates would like to forget. Wouldn't the Pirates like to forget almost every inning? Yes. They are the, the Pirates. 80s. Kelly Johnson, he, he was only one for two, but he had a home run and three runs scored. Yeah. The Pirates are terrible. Moral of the story, Kelly Johnson has been great all year and shows no signs of slowing down. No signs. All year, Mark, he's been great. The entire year. Uh, the American League second baseman I was hinting at As is... Dribble Cabrera. Huh? As Dribble Cabrera. No. I don't know. Way lower end. Way lower end, second baseman in the American League. You are talking about... I have no idea. Chris Getz? Wow. That is... Low end. You didn't say bottom of the barrel. Kansas City Royals. He... Whatever league you drafted him in, I'm going to bet against you to win. It's the AL only league. The Even still. The auction. The AL only auction. AL only auction. Yeah. You drafted I, I, Chris Getz. And he's... I, Spent like two bucks on him. He's been good all year. He has been good all year. He's he, what I'm basically advocating for him is that, I mean, he could push his way to the top of the Royals order because they don't have much in the way of leadoff hitters either. Um, but he's a cheap source of speed. He is. And at a middle infield position that could be valuable. He got 25 stolen bases last year in 107 games with the Shy Sox, and he already has three this year. Yeah. So I could dig him for some speed. Yeah, just cheap speed, not someone that you're going to want to rely upon. But at second base... But you, you are know, relying upon him. Let, let's let's say you drafted Ian Kinsler really high. Chris Getz could be someone that you could go pick up right now, most likely. Plug him in at second base until Kinsler comes back. And uh, once Kinsler gets hurt again, put Getz back in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Um, hopefully, if you have... Ian Kinsler, you have sort of a better uh, backup plan because <laughs> yeah, you're gonna want someone. Hurt a lot. You're gonna want someone to give you the 200 at bats that he's gonna miss. And uh, a okay, moving on. 
before we get to a lot of pitching talk, uh, one outfielder for a uh, for NL only leagues or deep deep mixed. He's always had the tools, and he definitely has the defensive skills to remain on the field. And he's playing in the National League now. He was traded on the off season. <laughs> You're giving me a chance to guess. Defensive skills, traded in the offseason, National League, I don't know. Carlos Gomez. Okay. Traded from the Twins. The Twins, you have now Denard Spann, uh, as well as two center field prospects, uh, Ben Revere and Aaron Hicks coming up the pipeline, although we kind of glossed over Aaron Hicks doing horribly all year. All year. Far, he, he was like 0 for 7 with 6 strikeouts. I think I lied. Yesterday. I'm beginning to tire of this all year thing. <laughs> <laughs> you said you could, you, could, you could go all year on the all year. <laughs> That's As soon as I said that, I'm like, nope. That's okay, not going to so happen. Carlos Gomez, admittedly very streaky, often hits for a low average, but he does have a little bit of pop. And he call him tidy whities Very streaky. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um, All year he's been streaky All year he has been streaky He did have a combo meal opening night That's a home run and a stolen base for those of you out there who didn't know There you go And he, he does have the ability to just You know from time to time You know hit some home runs He's definitely uh, gonna be In the lineup Most likely all the time Because the Brewers don't have much in the way of a replacement at this point, uh, after losing Mike Cameron to your Boston Red Sox, Mark. Oh, the Boston Red Sox are uh, something. So something I, I just wanted cool. to bring up Carlos Gomez. Gomez is a is a dynamic player. Like I, th- he led the league in bunt singles or something like yeah. that. His his first year in Minnesota. So he's really quick and he can handle a bat, but he's not necessarily going to actually produce a ton because yeah, and he's kind of streaky, like you said. He's tidy yeah. whitey. Another guy I wanted to bring. Is there a white guy who's really streaky? I don't know. We should come up with a white guy who's really streaky, and his name will be Tidy Whitey. Yeah. You know uh, who's not really streaky that we saw, finally saw the old version of tonight? The old version of Pablo Sandoval? Yeah, I wanted to bring him up real quick. He is... He's back. He's back. And... The Giants are so fortunate to have him back in mid-season are, form. Know, it's, it's too bad that he didn't show up until the sixth game. He's really been struggling all year. He has been struggling all but year. But all day. He, today, he did really well. Today, he went three for four. Had a triple, a single, and a home run. That's a double short of the cycle for those of you keeping score. I've home. seen a cycle before, and I think I'm going to s- remember a Pablo Sandoval triple before I'll remember the cycle. That was an amazing triple. It was just a Pablo Sandoval triple. Which is an amazing triple. It was chosen triples alley is what they called it. Yeah. And uh, Jason Hayward and center fielder Melky Cabrera thought that the ball was going to sort of carry him off the wall, but it kind of died. Well, Melky Cabrera was probably just tired after jogging over there. Melky Cabrera. And he let Jason Hayward yeah. make the play anyway. They should, there's, they should be like a seventh inning stretch, like hot dog eating contest between Melky Cabrera and Pablo Sandoval. Or Melky Cabrera and Eric Hicks. Eric Hinsky, I should say. Eric Hinsky? Yeah. Why you got to hate on Eric Hinsky? Because he's a big boy. Is he streaky? No, he's not because he's always in the playoffs. All right. He's like reliable. He's always like in the a playoffs. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He's a P- PB&J. All right, cool. <laughs> there you go. Eric Hitsky, you are now PBJ. PB&J. Um, so I, I really like Pablo Sandoval. He's going to be... Wait, whoa, wait. I'm not going to let you get away with this, my friend. <laughs> I'm on the bandwagon. I'm wearing the shirt. How did you feel about Pablo Sandoval mere weeks ago? Not weeks. Mere weeks. 
No, because as soon as I saw I can describe any amount of time in weeks. <laughs> okay, don't test me with this. It was I. I, I used to not be a fan. Uh, I, I, despite being a Giants fan, you didn't like fan. the best hitter on the Giants. I did not. I was Why? not a fan of him because he reminded me too much of Benji Molina and his kind of wild swinging, no patience kind of attitude. You always said, "Why doesn't he take a pitch once in a while?" Yeah. yeah. But now you're a fan. You're uh, wearing a Pablo I've, Sandoval shirt as we speak. I am wearing a Pablo Sandoval <laughs> shirt as we speak. Um, a very comfortable one, I should, might add, you know. It's because you just purchased it today. feels good. I see. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that, you know, he has learned to take – he took a walk last night. Uh, they He's ended been up taking losing. walks all year. He's been taking walks all year. But I, I think that he could, you know, if, if Pablo Sandoval doesn't do well literally all year – now, not talking – uh, our stupid all year. Literally, there, actually. So, if he, if he does poorly all year, the Giants are not going to, you know, compete in the West. It, it's gonna the offense. You know, the guys like Edgar Interi have been doing well this past week, but overall throughout the year, the Giants are going to rely on Pablo Sandoval, and I think uh, with a little bit of help with Aubrey Huff and Mark DeRosa, I mean that's still like uh, that's your four and five hitters. Like behind Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, but I mean, they're in you have uh, Aaron Rowan leading off. Don't remind me. Um, John Bowker has shown some talent in right field. He destroyed the Pacific Coast League last year, so I think that he has it. I mean, you can call it an improved cast, but it's not really saying much considering how bad the Giants' offense was last year. I've never disliked Pablo Sandoval. He's sort of a he's a he's a personality guy. He's the kind of guy like Eric Burns. If I were running a team, I'd just make sure right. to have Eric Burns because he's a good and, personality and guy. Seeing some of the the video during the rain delay uh, today made me uh, like him a little bit more. So you're now a fan of the best hitter the, on the, the thing, on your team. The, to, just to Explain my point. This is like me saying, hey, I just realized I like David Ortiz. You shouldn't, though. He's awful. He's so great. Um, led the, led David Ortiz two years ago. Actually, three at this point. Led baseball in home runs after June or something last year. Led all of baseball in home runs after June last year. You can stick with that. You can have that stat. I'll that. Here, Trevor. The thing that, that turned me over... Turn my new. You were gonna say turn you on, but you didn't. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. Yeah, I was trying to say turn uh, the new leaf for me, and I went with turn me over. Um, He's been hitting the lights off the ball all year. But no, the thing that it, it is is that he is uh, currently. Are we uh, Paulo Sandoval? Are you talking about? Yeah, he's uh, wearing corrective lenses at the plate right. intermittently now, but right. and and. Being a, a fairly panda-sized guy myself that also wears glasses and has poor vision, I feel like the two of us have to stick together. You guys are have, you're like a... We're, we have so much in common. You're like those brothers that have had sex with the same girl. What is that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, it was from The League, the TV show The League, about the fantasy football league. Uh, I, I can't remember what it was. I don't know what it's called. Vagina so, Brothers or something like that. We're going to move on now. <laughs> All right. Um... You guys have some innate connection? <laughs> yes. Uh, me and Pablo Sandoval, best friends for life. Pretty Giants much. signed Pablo Sandoval's brother to a minor league deal. Yes, Mike Sandoval. Mike Sandoval. Much less cooler name. Mike <laughs> Pablo. Mike Sandoval. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to read off 
a couple pitching lines from the first week in the majors. Please do. And pitching lines, you're just gonna give me numbers, not names. Numbers. Wow. Pick the the pick the line. Okay? Shoot. Wait, wait, wait. For the from here on out. No, no, no. Or just tell you which one's better. I'm, I'm gonna tell you numbers, and I wanna want you to pick which one you'd rather have. Okay. So the first one is. Just pick the bad one because I know you're setting me up for failure. They're actually all they're all three of them. There's three of them, and they're all pretty good. All right, go ahead. The first one is six innings pitched. Six innings pitched. Only gave up three hits, n- uh, no runs, five strikeouts, and one walk. Okay. The next one was seven innings pitched, six hits, two walks, one earned run, and four strikeouts. Okay. The last one. Leader in the clubhouse right now is number one. Okay. The last one is a little. I think number one might. I don't. I don't think you'll pick number three over number one. I thought you might pick number two. Okay. Uh, the last one, six innings pitched, only one hit. Okay. Walked six. Okie dokie, that's not very good. Gave up three runs, only struck out one. Number one. And would you like to know who you picked? <sighs> Probably not. <laughs> Barry Zito? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Barry Zito. Uh, am I crazy for all of a sudden believing that Barry Zito can be a nice back of the rotation starter? No one's ever doubted that he can be a nice back of the rotation starter. He's I mean, getting it, paid as an ace. It's painful to That's pay the as problem. Ace, but... When he first came over to San Francisco, there were talks of throwing him into the bullpen because he had just been that bad. So I, I, I when he just, first came over to San Francisco, yeah, a couple of years ago, he had like gotten shelled. No, they are the ones that gave him the deal, so he, they signed him to the huge deal. Yeah, and then he started getting shelled, and fans were saying, "Take him out of the rotation." Right. Yeah. No. He he definitely was bad after he got the deal. He's yeah. he's improving. So he's kind of he's improved. He's, he's getting started, better. He, he, and uh, the young lad is improving. The young lad. Who were the other two? Line number two. I feel like that was Justin Masterson. No. I don't, know. I don't think he actually did very well this, he did this good. first start. Uh, that was Brad Penny. Okay. Newly anointed project for pitching coach Dave Duncan. Of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. Dave Duncan pretty much turns any horrible veteran into good starter. Look at Todd Wellenmeyer a couple of years ago. Uh, Joel Pinheiro signed with the Angels. Yeah, uh, the Giants just signed him. They have a bunch of terrible veterans. Yes. Uh, so, the last one. Justin Masterson, five innings, five strikeouts, two walks, one run, four hits. Whatever. The last one, uh, admittedly a lot of walks, but only one hit and only three runs. Wait, I think six walks and one hit? Yeah. Fausto Carmona? Yes. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. So, in in it is a nice step in the right direction for him. Uh, and now, real quick, out of those three guys, who would you rather have going forward the rest of the year? Fausto Carmona. Really? Yep. Is that because you hate Barry Zito automatically and Brad Penny is just pretty bad? No. I think they're all sort of equal value-wise, which is actually good for Fausto Carmona because he was pretty terrible last year. He he had a nice peak, though, a couple years ago. Yeah, he was good, and he's young, and I think he has the most likelihood of being able to like bounce back. I like I don't mind Zito for the value. He's not going to be super terrible, and I, right. same with Brad Penny. He's not going to be super terrible either. You but think Carmona has the highest upside of those? Jim Callis, who I am all about... Buster Olney, who I'm all about, and Matthew Barry, mostly because of Buster Olney. But those three people, <laughs> those three people yeah. are all about Fausto Carmona this year. Okay. They all really like him this year, and okay. I believe them. 
All right. Um, so moving forward, we're gonna go into another crappy closers section. I like this. This time, it's the non-closer edition. The non-closer edition of the crappy closer. Why do we yeah. have to throw? I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd like that a lot. <laughs> I do like it, but didn't we just introduce the crappy closer section last week? Yeah. So now we're already get we're already trying to mix it up. No, I just I had a lot of setup guys I wanted to talk about. Actually, no, actually. One of the guys on the list was anointed a closer today. Tally Feliz. Yep. So this is not the non-closer. Take him out. Yeah, I have to take off that. Yes. Subtract the. You put Frank Francisco in there. What? You put Frank Francisco in there instead of Tally <laughs> Yeah. So the the first two guys I want to talk about. I actually, want to see if we can get maybe get a board bet on there as well. I'm down. Um, because you seem to be backing Luke. Uh, Gregerson. Gregerson. Why do I seem to be backing him? Oh, it's over Mike Adams? Yes. For sure. Okay. So, um what, what's the what's the deal of Delhi? I like Mike Adams a lot. He's pitched very well since coming back. He's had a lot of injuries and he's by no means a sure thing to stay healthy, but I think I still think that when, not if, Heath Bell gets traded, when Heath Bell gets traded this year. Okay, that's a bold statement. I think Mike Adams will get the first shot. That saves. At saves. Okay. And uh, what I would like, the bo- the bet I would like to put up there is a s- six-stat bet. Okay. Um, actually, we can just do five. We'll subtract innings pitched. Okay. okay? And instead of innings pitched, we'll throw in holds. Okay. So saves, holds, Ks, ERA, and whip. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> you take Mike Adams. I will take Mike Adams. I would take, take Luke, Gregerson. Luke Gregerson. There's some, apparently a football player named Mike Adams. Did you know that? I didn't. So you Google Mike Adams, it takes you to his. That is unfortunate for the baseball Mike Adams. Yep. Mike Adams looks like a fool, by the way, the baseball one. Yeah, he does. All right. So Mike Adams, he gets lots of strikeouts. Yes. Why you're okay with doing this? Yes. He's also kind of old, though. He is a little old. He's had a lot of injuries. Like I said, he's been around for a while. So what happens if he gets hurt? Do I win? That's a good question. I didn't even think about that of any other. Well, too bad. Deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll do it. Let's. Let's. Uh. What the hey? I'll back my Luke Gregerson. Yeah. I'll even. I'll even throw in there. I think that Mike Adams will stay healthy and. And pitch fairly well this year. All, you know, all year this year, Luke Gregerson's been pretty bad, and Mike Adams has been pretty good. So I'm giving. I should give you. I should get odds. All year. Huh? All year, Adams has been great, and Gregerson's been terrible. So that's on the board now for those. I should get some odds. Home. We're gonna move forward now because that's ridiculous. Onward and upward. Um, a guy who has all of us seemingly come out of nowhere to become a topic of much conversation. Not only between ourselves, but actually the experts as well. S. Malin Caridad. Yes. God, I'm good Nailed at this game. Uh, who uh, pretty much handed the setup role for the Cubs, mainly because they let Kevin Gregg walk away because he's awful and don't really have anyone else anywhere near reliable. And now Caridad has been compared to Carlos Marmol, not only for his uh, actual stuff, but for his awful control as well. Yeah, he's been pretty bad all year. All year. 13.5 ERA. Yeah. 
Yeah. Two point two five whip. The last, the last outing. So what about him? Are we doing a board bet about him? Or no, we just... no. I just I just wanted to bring him up for those of you in really deep leagues. He's good, but he's on Shane's team, so I can't talk. I can't say good things about him. <laughs> Shane, I'll say good things about him, except he has been bad all year. Suck so. ass all year. All year. Drop his ass. Now, moving forward, so I can be a little bit of a homer here. Uh, some more non-closers that I think are... Jeremy Affel, Dan Renzler, Sergio Romo. Bam! <laughs> I didn't share this Google Doc with you, did I? Wow, that's impressive. Um, all three of them, depending on how deep your league is and if you have holds as a uh, stat or not, could be very valuable. I take Daniel Bard over all these guys. What do I keep kicking over? You keep kicking my trash can. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> um, I mean, Daniel Bard... Has the upside, uh, he and the talent and the track record. Yeah, I mean he he's. <coughs> Sorry to we can talk about your Giants guys. Go ahead. Well, I mean Daniel Bard is aside from maybe Niftali Feliz at the end of this list, Daniel Bard shouldn't really be compared to any of the guys I have listed. That's fair. Because <laughs> he's he is on that level above them already. He's up near the Matt Thorntons. I don't even um, like that Matt Thornton that much. But that's another tale. Like the guys who already have really good numbers, where Neftali Feliz would have been had he not been anointed a closer. Right. How unfortunate. Closer. How unfortunate. Um, he got he moved up a level to closer. How unfortunate for you. <laughs> so I I think uh, Jeremy Affel obviously if you're in a holds league, he is the main eighth inning guy for the Giants. We'll be getting a lot of holds. Yep. Got a save tonight because the Giants' were, offense was too good. Yep. And um, that powerhouse Giants offense, they've been good all year. All year. They're, those sluggers out in San Francisco. Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff is your cleanup, cleanup. dynamic. Aaron Rowan leading off. Eugenio Velez hitting second. Eugenio. Eugenio Velez hitting second. Pablo Sandoval. I don't even know why his nickname's the Pharaoh, but it is. Dark skinned and people are racist. Wow, <laughs> took it there, didn't you? That's that's the only thing wow. I can figure. Wow, wow. He's not Egyptian, so nothing else makes sense. Okay, wow. This was went to a dark place a little bit. I'm um, not saying that I'm. This is anyway, what other people. No, yeah, the other crazies. People, sure. All year um, they've been calling him the fair. All year, Jeremy Affelt, easily the best holds guy. But Dan Runzler, Sergio Romo, very reliable. On the Giants. On the Giants. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, Sergio Romo, Dan Runzler uh, should be sources for Ks and a nice ERA whip. It's like you say, John Lennon, easily the best starting pitcher <laughs> on the Washington Nationals. <laughs> must yeah. be specific. To segue now. Into the Washington Nationals bullpen. Good segue. That's a segue, my friend. That's exactly what I did. No, that's not what happened before. He hits a lot of home runs. No, you just said the word segue, and just and then <laughs> this is an actual segue. Um, Tyler Clippard. Okie dokie. Throwing that name out Former there. top prospect, Tyler Clippard. Former Yankee prospect. I'm going to have to argue that he was ever a top prospect. He was. Put it on the board. I, <laughs> I say he was. <laughs> Defined by Baseball America. He was in the Baseball America prospect handbook. Yes, yes, he was. And so far this year, he already has a hold and eight strikeouts. On how many in innings? Six and one third innings. Wow. So at least early on, he hasn't given up a run. He's been good. Um, how long has he been good? 
All year? All year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with the lack of depth in the Nationals' bullpen and the fact that Matt Capps could easily become a trade tr- uh, trade chip near the deadline to a contender, right? Tyler Clifford could be a really nice source of cheap, cheap saves. I would hate to be the contender that wants to trade for Matt Capps. It would be unfortunate. He'd be like traded and become like a seventh inning guy. Yeah, he'd be traded and he'd become a Smiley yeah. Carey dad. Uh, uh, you know, could actually use another relief. Yeah, no. So there, Drew Storen is is the closer yeah, of the future he, in he, Washington. I mean, he could be up this year. He's he will be. How many innings does Drew Storen log in the majors this year? <laughs> How many innings does Drew yeah. Storen log in the majors? Okay, well you figure he's going to get around sixty. Sixty? Not in the majors, but total for a season. Okay. Because he's a reliever. I was going to say, whoa now. You were going to take that bet because you, you my friend, you're a trickster. <laughs> um, in the majors, I'll say for Drew Storen. What am I kicking now? My desk. Um, thing that was on the other side of the trash can. You got too many obstacles here. <laughs> okay, No Show Studios is uh, it's in shambles. It's my fault. I take responsibility. Yeah. Anywho, Drew Storen, I'll say 20 innings. He'll get around the majors. That's not a very bold statement. Anyway, I what do you want? want? What do you think is bold? I don't know. But I wanted you to make a bold statement that I could take advantage of. That's how you roll. Pretty much. You are a snake in the grass. Tyler Clippard, uh, at the very least, will be a source of holds for throughout the the year, I would say. For all the close games, the Washington Nationals. For all year. And, hey, if they're going to win, they're going to win by a little bit. That's what I'm saying. That's like the, the guy who leads the league in saves is always on a bad team. Not always, but most of the time. Okay. So I think like the Tyler Giants. Clifford, huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Um, a couple of other interesting uh, people are the is in across the bay from the Giants. Ace. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, uh, they have Andrew Bailey's have having some arm trouble. Michael Worch, Bad Ziegler. And Tyson Ross. Joey Devine. I wasn't even going to mention Ross. Ross isn't really in the mix. Joey Devine. I like Devine yeah. when yeah. he's healthy. So. Those four guys, not counting Ross, of course, um, you know, all of them, aside from Wurtz, have closed at one point or another. This story is basically the same among all these guys. Some of them might get some saves. Most of them will get some holds. They'll get good strikeouts, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I just, I think that, and who knows if Andrew Bailey's even going to keep the job all year. I know. Well, you drafted him in the AL only league, so you kind of. I drafted him in more than that. Really? Yep. Okay. <laughs> He'll be closer all year. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a uh, invested interest. So I, I, I personally think that the Oakland A's bullpen could fluctuate throughout the year a little bit. Okie dokie. Um, <clears throat> moving forward. I'd like to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. No. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. Um. Last guy, we were talking about him already, Neftali Feliz. I thought you said you weren't going to talk about him. I was going to talk about him. All right. I took away the the uh, non-closer. Lots of strikeouts, good ERA, good whip, probably some saves for the next couple of weeks, and then probably some saves at the end of the year. He'll probably end up with 20-ish saves, I'd say. It's actually kind of bold. 20? The Rangers are good. Yeah, I, I Frank mean, Francisco's injury prone. Frank Francisco happened. Frank Francisco blew his, what was it, first two or three? It was one. Three. Yeah, Blue is the only save chances he's had this year. 
Yeah. And they've since removed him. Yeah. Neftali Feliz. If Neftali Feliz blows people away, he goes all Jonathan Papelbon on the on the American That's a good League. Point. I, could, I guess twenty is twenty is within reach. I still think that because they want to eventually move him into the starting rotation. As much as you disagree with that idea, obviously, <laughs> the look on your face right now. <laughs> um, they well, they might get they want to do whatever they want to do. That doesn't mean they're going to. That doesn't mean right. it will happen. Anyway, so I think that, you know, he could see a lot of... He'll see a lot of late-inning situations one way or another. It just uh, will depend on Frank Francisco if it's either the 8th or the ninth inning. That definitely reminds me of a couple young lads I'm thinking of. Firstly, Jonathan Papelbon, because they were both starters yeah, and then went that, to the bullpen. That's a, actually a very I feel reaction. Papelbon was so good in the bullpen that the they with, couldn't move him out. The thing with Papelbon is he had more of a... Uh, it wasn't that he didn't have the stuff to start. It was that they needed him to close. And after a little while, it was like, well, you can't take your... That's the same bed. exact situation with Natalie Feliz. Yeah, but Feliz has kind of been forced into the bullpen because at least in spring training and short stints in the minors, he's struggled at high levels. You're saying Papelbon's better? No, I'm just saying that the, that the connection is there, but that the situations as to why they were forced into the bullpen are a little different. How about this? Jonathan Papelbon and Jabba Chamberlain. Neftali Feliz is a combination of those two. Yeah, no, exactly. I uh, Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I think... Uh, Clearly, Feliz is better than Joe Chamberlain at this point. Clearly? Clearly. All year he's been better. He has been better all year. Um, I like Jabba, though. As a as an eighth-inning guy, I don't mind Jabba there. As a yeah. starter, I don't like Jabba. As a closer, I might, I'll probably be okay with him when Mariano Rivera retires in 12 years. Yeah. Well, it remains to be seen. The Yankees have messed with him so much, which is something that the Rangers really need to not do. Uh, because they're not a big market club like the Yankees, so they can't really uh, have a guy in limbo struggling for years on end. You like know what I've been saying all year? What? Neftali Flea is going to be in the bullpen. Yeah, you have you you said that, and that's why he was not higher on our prospect list, was mainly due to you. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's going to be a really good closer, and I think you got lucky because you had Jonathan John Joe Nathan, and he got hurt, and now you have Neftali Flea's. On your team. I didn't get lucky. I traded heavily for Neftali Feliz. Well, got, this was before Nathan got hurt, though. You weren't yeah. counting. You were, you, Feliz, you didn't know he was going to be a closer. and you, you needed a closer, basically. I'm not sure Feliz is a closer for long enough this year. I My prediction is that, unfortunately, because I have Frank Francisco in a couple of leagues, I think Neftali Feliz is going to be really good as a closer. I think Frank Francisco might come back and try to do it for a couple of weeks, maybe. But Neftali Feliz will be the closer at the end of this year and for the foreseeable future. But you, you only think he'll get 20 if he's the closer? I think he'll really get a big chunk of this I year. think he'll get around 20 cuz I because the Rangers I think are a good team. If you put 20 is 25, good. I would easily take the under. 20 is 10 less than a good closer gets. Yeah. So I mean, and he's not going to be a good closer gets at least 30, I would say. That's what I'm saying. So great closers get up to 40. Yes. And I I I think that you take the under. Oh, that's fine. I, on I think twenty-five. I would easily take. Well, that. you were easily taking the under twenty before I explained my prediction. Yeah. No, I mean. So, I think I, around I still twenty. Think that under twenty. Because is I don't. Likely. Yeah. Because I think the do the facade that they don't want Neftali Feliz to be the closer, so they'll try and put Francisco back in there when he goes to the minor leagues, or whatever, and figures out his yeah. 
But I think they're going to have no choice but to leave Feliz in there. Yeah, I think he will be really good. And, you know, sometimes that is just how it goes. Jonathan Papelbon was a top 20 or so prospect coming up as a starter. Him and John Lester. What? Him and John Lester were coming up together. higher than John Lester, actually. As a starter. As a starter. And um, he's definitely changed the type of pitcher he is since then. So it'll be interesting to see how Feliz progresses this year. We've gone way over our normally scheduled one hour, and thanks, thanks to it, uh, thanks uh, to the internet having very little rules, we're okay with that. Uh, so uh, with that, though, we're no, gonna... no, no, my friend, we didn't do an in-depth player. Uh, I forgot about the in-depth <laughs> player again. I will never let you forget about that. We were awful on on. on That's because we forgot about it. All right, so now we're just getting better. We're getting our reps in. Okay. So do you have a, someone in mind? Uh, we could go Pablo Sandoval. We already basically let's do someone we didn't talk about today. Today at all. At all. All year. We haven't talked about him all year. We've talked about almost everyone. Let's see if we all all. You cycle through people in your head. I'm going to cycle through people on this list. Mike, Mark Teixeira. We haven't done anything about Mark Teixeira. He's been awful all year. No, he hasn't. Yesterday. What, he was bad yesterday? He was good yesterday for the first time. Mark Teixeira's a bad one. He's going to be really good regardless. <laughs> so let's, let's scroll down the list a little bit. How about teammate of Mark Teixeira, Curtis Granderson? No, he's going to be good too. Let's do someone who might not be good but might be good at the same time. You like that? I'm not even sure what that means. How about how about Clayton Kershaw? Okay. You want to lead us through the in-depth? I will indeed. Let me Google his name and get to the... He's been bad all year, by the way. He has been bad all year. 5.79 ERA, 2.36 whip. Those are bad numbers. Those are bad numbers. Okay. He walked an awful lot of people his first start. Four and two-thirds. He walked six people. That's just that's as a lot. that's just as many as who? Fausto Carmona. Yep. That's yep. That's one less than Mike Leak, by the way, who walks seven. Heyo. So uh, you should just acquire Fausto Carmona and get like all the guys who walk people. Who... Or just call up Mike Leak and call it even. Whatever you got to do. So here we go. Clayton Kershaw, 22 years old, pitcher for the Dodgers. Vicente Padilla was their opening day starter. Terrible. Well, I, I talked to a Dodgers fan, Aaron Fishman. Oh, good. So we have the oh, uh, good. We have the inside word from the enemy. We were sitting next to Giants fans all day, and let me tell you, maybe not the best source. <laughs> well, he, he Aaron Fishman actually writes for a publication as, as a Dodger. All right, whatever. Go ahead. Um, and he said the reason that Kershaw was an opening day starter is they wanted him to make the first start in Dodger Stadium. Then why don't all away teams do that? Because usually you just start your best starter. I mean, Kershaw is young, is not, I mean, he still has, obviously has to work on his command after walking six people uh-huh. um, against the the uh, highly touted Pittsburgh Pirates. Vaunted, I would say. Vaunted, yes. Uh, both of those. Um, so I, I think that I mean, the Dodgers' situation in general has kind of been up in the air with the McCourts. Yes, their pitching is the situation. Is the, the situation. Is, well, because is the... they lost Randy Wolf, and they hadn't, they didn't have the financial flexibility to go out and sign anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I, I think 
Clayton Kershaw uh, will get 200 strikeouts this year. Okay. He'll probably walk an awful lot of people as well. He'll probably struggle to get some wins because he won't be going late into games because he'll be walking so many people. Right. But I think that he is, you know, a year away, maybe two years away from taking that next huge step up and really being a force and in the NL West and kind of, you know, continuing that dominance. Like the NL West have a lot of really good pitchers aside from the Padres who have Matt Latos and that's about it. But I think uh, Clayton Kershaw is young, will improve moving forward. And uh, overall is, I I mean, it it sounds a little boring but he's going to be very good yeah we're not going to do over-unders on all of his stats he was pretty good last year in his first full year he's going to be good again this year like you said he'll get lots of strikeouts he'll get more strikeouts than he has innings pitched i feel comfortable saying that. yeah i'll take a plus nine. his era won't be super great his whip won't be super great because he'll walk lots of people exactly last year he had a pretty good era and he had a, a middle he, of the road he pretty, pretty much, good whip. he turned a corner yeah. partway through last year and I, I don't expect him to do that all throughout the year, but there will be stretches where this kid is just going to be completely dominant. He's yeah. going to just be destroying batters. He has really high upside, but he's young, and just like any young player who's not Jason Hayward, he's not going to be Hall of Fame right from the beginning. By the way, uh, Hall of Fame induction speech for Jason Hayward is scheduled for this Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Well, we'll be covering it live. Yeah, we will be on the scene in Mark's fantasies. And let me tell you, you would think that I'd be the one making the joke most of the time, but that's about the 4,000th time Trevor's made that joke. To be fair, uh, it was actually kind of weird. I thought of that joke, and then later that day I was reading uh, the Baseball America uh, email uh, for prospect uh, stats for the day, and Jim Callis, uh, who I believe writes that, um, it, under Jason Hayward, it had his home run, and then it said uh, Holland. It said HOF induction later this week? Question mark. To be fair, um, to the rest of the world, you think you're super clever lots of the times. I am super. Clever like uh, lots what of was times. it? The, after the first day, you you did all the projected. It was our first. You were like, this guy is projected to hit four thousand home runs. You started doing that, right? You thought it was super funny. No, it was Matthew Barry. No, but you did that. You you were like Matthew Barry took that from you or something. You were like you were excited because I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. It did happen. I have if if it did happen. I have the transcript. I'm sure, it was hilarious. <laughs> That's a good assumption. <laughs> um. So now that we completed the in-depth player, next week we'll have a much better in-depth player. Uh, I will actually do the research ahead of time so we don't have to wing it. Well, you know, that's how I like to do it, so... I'm going to blame it on lucky number 13 right now. Or we could just blame it on the rain. We could blame it on the rain. That has been a problem all year. All year. The rain has been giving us fits. All year. We'll be back next week. If you'd like to email us, we can be found at noshowsports at gmail.com. You know what? Don't email us. I don't want to hear from any of you. We've told you to email us in the past and you didn't, so forget all you guys. Don't email us. Don't send any emails. You new listeners that have somehow found us on iTunes, email us. Don't email. You can email me. I'm the one that has the email password anyway. I have it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Hayward's awesome. Don't email. We'll be back in a week. Uh, have fun. Um, there'll be lots of baseball 
Uh, I mean, we'll cover any football that happens slightly, but the next couple of weeks, Mark and I's mind will be heavily on. Oh, hey, uh, Duke won the national championship. Oh, yeah, that happened this past week. Happened on Monday. Yeah, go figure. All right, Duke wins. Woo! Nobody cares. Blue Devils. And, yeah, with that, I'm going to bid everyone adieu. No. My God. (laughs) Terrible. How about peace out? Good morrow. Good morrow. We'll go with good morrow.